Hello, and welcome to Glory Be. Interesting people and how they pray. Each week, we chat with interesting people about their lives, their work, and how they pray. I'm Sharon Hanish. And I'm Mike Malcolm. Our guest today is Kristen Miles, Director of Development for Catholic Charities of Eastern Oklahoma. Kristen grew up in Tulsa and is a graduate of the School of St. Mary and Bishop Kelly High School here in Tulsa. She received her bachelor's degree in psychology with a minor in art history and communications from DePauw University. She has also worked for the United Way, St. Francis Hospital, and Laureate Psychiatric Clinic, along with contributing thousands, I would say, Kristen, thousands of volunteer hours for organizations that are close to her heart. She's been married for 28 years? 29. 29 years. Wow. And has two children. Kristen, we're so excited you're Welcome. here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. We're, uh, Kristen and I raised children together through the School of St. Mary, which is... Also, we have some sound effects going on here. Um, Somebody was clapping for you, Kristen. Anyway, uh, so you were a stay-at-home mom for many years Mm -hmm. while you did a lot of volunteer work. Now you're currently the Director of Development, Catholic Charities of Eastern Oklahoma, and you're in the middle of sort of your, what you referred to as the Super Bowl time, right? Talk about your job. Like, What exactly does the Director of Development do? What's going on at Catholic Charities. Um, Yeah, tell us, tell us. Well, it's exciting right now. So a lot of what I do is I work with the parishes. It is our Super Bowl right now. I coordinate with the priest in uh, doing the appeals at the churches. Um, The priests are kind enough to help us out with some mailings and pulpit announcements and preaching. And um, yeah, this is the big time for us. We, we, We work on this for a year. And when it's over, we start over again because the need never stops. Well, so all these funds go to run many, many ministries at Catholic Charities. So talk about, I know you have the new market. Right. Um, so, yeah, tell us what's going on there. So, we, well, we've got 15 programs at Catholic Charities. Um, I like to quote uh, Deacon Kevin Sartorius. He says, we take care of people from birth to death, mm-hmm. um, starting with our pregnancy care and ending with uh, the Porticelli House, which is our home for the dying and everything in between. Um, Right now, yes, we do have this new market that we're so excited about. Um, In the past, uh, a client would come, and they would have to meet with a caseworker, and then they would wait. Then when they would wait again, and we would have a volunteer come and fill the groceries for them. Now they can shop with dignity. They can go through a grocery store. It's called the market um, purposefully because they're taking their children to the market and we want them to be able to choose what they want. And it's also less waste where they're not just getting mm-hmm. uh, maybe a bag of beans that they don't know how to cook. And um, now they can just walk through. And so far we're serving about on average 124 families a day. Gosh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That and when, when what a, a stark difference than 2020 where there was the drive through. Right. So during the pandemic, we, we had to sort of pivot which is that word from the pandemic, but we did. We were serving 600 families a day through the drive-through at our highest peak. Um, of course, th- that, that we did that out of necessity. Mm-hmm. We didn't have the space for the food, but the food was leaving as quick as we received it. Yeah. Um, now um, we have 
the capability to serve more people. We have a much larger warehouse. We have a giant commercial kitchen with um, parishioner Michael Fusco is in charge of, and he's taking food. Uh, if we get in a semi of, say, tomatoes, and we can't get it out with all of our trucks, he'll upscale it into some heat and eat meals, and those will go into the refrigerator for the clients to choose. And they can also see Michael cooking the nutritious food um, with all the volunteers. And I might share that we cannot do this without volunteers. There are 40 to 50 volunteers a day making that happen. There's only five staff members that run the kitchen, the warehouse, and the market. That's amazing. amazing. Yeah, I know. I mean, we have a lot of volunteers here at the Church of St. Mary that come. Absolutely. All the time. You know, it was funny because when I called to ask you to do this podcast, you were working in the market. And I was thinking, wait, you're a development director, you know. So do you get an opportunity to volunteer in the different areas? Well, it's important to do that. That's sort of how I wound up at Catholic Charities as a volunteer. And then I forced them to hire me uh, <laughs> because I de- never left. Um, but what happens is sometimes, you know, if a volunteer doesn't come in, someone's sick, there is a little bit of a 911 where they'll go around and say, we need some help. And it's really all hands on deck. And that's that's a good thing because then it's sort of, uh, it sort of grounds you again and reminds you of why you're doing this work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good to be face-to-face with our clients um, and talk to them. So, yes, I was in the middle of onions when you guys <laughs> called me. That's great. So, Mike, you'll put in the show notes a link for people who are interested in volunteering at Catholic Charities. who may love mm-hmm. that. Absolutely. Plus a link to the video that was produced about the market. Yes. That is just incredible. We were really fortunate. Um, Catholic Charities USA – um, saw the work we were doing and uh, decided to come down and do that for us and uh, use us maybe as a little bit of a trailblazer for the nation to start doing this type of client choice service. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, did you have a question, Mike? Well, I was going to say feeding the hungry is great. You know, it's a corporal work of mercy, but that's just the tip of the iceberg for what Catholic Charities offers. Right. Are, are, what else um, would people expect if you go onto that campus to see? Well, so we have, of course, the Madonna House, which mm-hmm. is full. Mm-hmm. There's no room at the end right now. Wow. And so the Madonna House is for is for pregnant, moms. single mm-hmm. pregnant mothers. And um, they live in an apartment, and then they have a shared meal area and a shared living room area. The women um, live there. They work. They save their money, and the, we help them save their money and a percentage of it so that when they leave, they have a nest egg. In the evening, they have financial literacy classes. They have um, parenting classes, how to read to your baby, um, a lot of wonderful opportunities. And we have nine rooms there, which are full. Mm-hmm. We also are full in our St. Elizabeth's Lodge, which is an apartment complex for single women with their children, and they have their own kitchen and, um, and living room unit. Um, it's a wonderful uh, program. We even, you know, sadly have grandmothers there that are raising their grandchildren that uh, live there right now. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Well, and then Porticelli, which is your home for the dying. So the Porticelli house has, we have served uh, over 1,250 clients since it opened in um, 2017. Wow. It's a, it's a beautiful ministry where um, we have musicians come during the week singing in the hallways or playing their instruments. Um, we even had um, uh, brought a horse up for a lady to say goodbye from her farm. We have Jake from State Farm as the um, therapeutic dog yeah. oh. that will uh, meet with people, and that is also run by volunteers. Um, 
up there. And we have a beautiful garden area, too. Everyone has their own porch, and families can eat a meal together also. There's a group a, a, a dining room, which is also um, a lot of St. Mary's parishioners, my culinary angels being one of them. Um, our volunteer group would provide meals during the pandemic and um, so that they could eat because we allowed the families to stay in Porticelli with their loved ones so they, there was not a lot of going in and out of the facility. It's just amazing. Porticelli they, is amazing. Yes. It feels like a home. It is a and home. It, it really is. The, and even the nurses station, some of those things that are important to be there, they're not just out in the open. It's, right. it's the opposite of a hospital. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more just a homey room for people. Monsignor Dorney gave a great tour uh, to us. And in fact, I can link that in the show notes yes. too, where he was very proud. He uh, answered, he was the front doorman uh, there at Porticelli a certain day of the week and before the pandemic. And uh, he was so proud to show off. Well, he is still, as you know, yeah. um, even though he retired from our board this mm-hmm. past year, I really hate to use that word yeah. with Monsignor because mm-hmm. he still does so much for us and uh, will take a little bit of a break and then call me back up and say, I'm ready. What's mm-hmm. next? So we are so appreciative of his support. He's the least retired retiree. I agree. Out there. I yeah. agree. Yeah. So, so Kristen, you um, have done, well, you worked a little bit when you graduated. Then you were kind of mostly staying at home with your kids. Mm-hmm. So your vocation to, I mean, you, you since I've known you, you really have just always been doing something so whether that was home and school president or culinary angels here at the parish are always involved with um, doing volunteer service. Why that? What draws your heart? Why do you feel called to do that? How is that part of living out your Catholic faith? I was thinking about that, and um, I really have to credit my parents um, from a really young age um, not forgetting about the poor was a big part of growing up. Um, my mom worked for neighbor for neighbor and was very active in peace and justice here at St. Mary. And my dad has always had a special place in his heart for the homeless. So there were many times that I was told there's a sale at Sears, go buy all the socks and drop them off at wherever or Catholic Charities need you because Father Jim McGlinchey called and you need to go deliver Christmas gifts. So at a young age, that's what we were doing. And then as I got older, I don't think I could ignore the things that I wanted to do. I always was in some form of service, um, whether in college I, I did a stint with FEMA, uh, working after Hurricane Hugo in public health assessment. So I... Um, traveled, um, on, lived on St. John Island. I know it sounds glamorous, but at the time there's no electricity or water and had to do public health survey and get patients to planes to, to go to St. Thomas. So I, I just always wanted to do that kind of work. And when I graduated, I found myself at St. Francis and Laureate working as a research assistant, thinking I was going to go, uh, to get to graduate school. And when the money f- ran out, the funds for all the research, they said, well, could you write a grant? (laughs) And that's sort of where it began. And then I started in development and transferred my grant writing skills over to United Way and then um, never had a problem asking people to support something I believed in. Mm -hmm. So, Oh, wow. That's a great great summary of 
never had a problem asking people to support something that you believed in. Right. If I believe in it, then it's then I don't understand why anybody else doesn't. Right. <laughs> Which is probably you know? why you're good at what you do yeah. even now at Catholic Charities. Yeah. So I've tried with my children, and we tried to always make sure the poor were at the table with us. That's sort of what I tried to explain to them, because we're blessed. Yeah. Well, I love that. And I think, you know, as we transition to talk about how you pray, that's usually the second part of our podcast, um, is that a part of your prayer? Um, you know, you went to Bishop Kelly, so you are influenced by the Christian Brothers. You grew up Catholic here at St. Mary's. Um I know you've been to the school of Lexio, so you've been influenced by Benedictine spirituality. How does that affect you? Service, talk about how you pray and and well, you know, at Catholic charities. Well, first of all, prayer is hard; it's a discipline. And I, you know, when you had asked the question or sent me the question, you know, what a time in your life when prayer was hard? I really feel like prayer is a discipline, and um, I'm blessed that at Catholic Charities I get paid to, if I want, I can go to morning prayer. There's adoration. We have Mass every day, confession, and we have um, prayers in the, the afternoon prayers. So I like to discipline myself, and being at Catholic Charities has given me the opportunity to do that. Um, my prayers, um, you know, when I started as a child, I used to have this image of like God with large hands holding me. I know that's a, it's a, it's mm-hmm. just something that gave me comfort. Mm -hmm. As I got older, I always would refer to Ephesians 6, I think it is, which was the armor of God, sort of wearing the armor of God, so I felt protected. And then I do a daily prayer always for our um, clients and my family and myself. It's St. Patrick's Prayer. If you've ever heard it, it's, you know, Christ above me, Christ below me, Christ beside me. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard it. So yeah. it's always been one that's brought me comfort. So I've always tried to say that prayer or prayers for anyone I love or anyone in need or anyone that comes to Catholic Charities, that they have Christ around them for comfort. So, Well, you're absolutely right about rhythm and practice and, you know, dedication. And it is it is a habit, you know. It is just, and the gift, it sounds like, for you at Catholic Charities is it's right there. So it makes it, it a is. little bit easier. It's a little you know? bit easier, but it's still hard. I'm in adoration, and I think that's why I went to Lexio because I'd get in there and I'd be like, what just happened over the last 15 minutes? Was I praying? You know, my mind is going a million miles a minute, and I needed a little bit more discipline in my prayer because I knew I only had adoration for 30 minutes until somebody was to mm-hmm. relieve me, mm-hmm. which is not the right word. But to, So I needed a little more structure in my prayer so that the – the sisters at St. Joseph have helped me on my way. Yes, and I like that image of being held. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the two hands, you know. Mm-hmm. But it seems like you really integrate that Benedictine work and prayer mm-hmm. together. You make your, your work into your prayer and your prayer into your work. It, al- it almost has to be Yeah, for me. Um, I think when you work um, in um, helping someone, I mean, the... Catholic Charity's mission is to be Christ's merciful love to those who suffer. And, you know, I'd invite anyone to come join us on that journey. So, mm. Christ's merciful love to those who suffer. I, I, I don't think I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. Then we need to do a better job at getting that out there. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> I can read something a million times and 
not remember it, so I'm not the best <laughs> bar to use if you are not getting your yeah. information out well. But Catholic Charities does communicate very well, I think, in the use of social media and things. Just recently, there was a, a series of posts about you do not need to be Catholic to receive services right. at Catholic Charities. So over 85% of our clients are not Catholic, and I think that's something that people don't even know, not even Catholics. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really important for people to know. Well, it's just people in need. Anyone, they need to be served. Anyone Let's in need. It. Well, mm-hmm. like the Afghan refugees, you all just were in charge of all of that. Yes, the State Department decided we were someone that could take that on, and we mm-hmm. were. I mean, uh, and it was an ecumenical um, partnership uh, in the community, which was beautiful to see. And um, the Catholic community was tremendous in resettling 801 uh, Afghan wow. refugees. I yeah. know, we were the third largest state wow. um, to take on that many. And then uh, one of the synagogues took on 50. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so... We didn't care if they were Muslim or Correct. Christian or we helped resettle them and help them acclimate. That's the beauty of, of the work that Catholic Charities does. Um, okay, so you mentioned that uh, you had thought about the question, has there been a time in your life when it's been difficult to pray? Has there been a specific time? So you talked about the practice and the discipline, but has there been a time when it's... yes. And this is, I can't say it for one time, but any time in my life that I've been angry or upset or challenged, that is always a difficult time for me to pray. However, if I didn't have the gift of prayer, I would never get through those things. So I I can't say that there was one time in my life, you know, yes, when I was a teenager, did I pray a lot? No. But um, as I got older and wiser, I, you know, I pray a lot more. Um, but it is, it is something that happens every day. There can be something that hits me or challenges me, and I'm, the first thing I need to do is pray, and, and I will run into our chapel. And I remember somebody actually said to me, why were you in there for just a minute? And I was like, because that's all I needed. Yeah. Just yeah. had to say something, and I'll be back on my way now. <laughs> Well, that's great that you've got the freedom to do that, Mm -hmm. too, the proximity of a chapel right there on campus. How often do typical employees go in? Well, we have um, all day long Mm -hmm. adoration. So there are two people always in adoration at Catholic Charities. You have a partner. Mm -hmm. Um, So on any day, you'll, you'll see someone in the chapel. But we have Mass daily, and there's about... 15 to 20 people daily that come into Mass. Some people come in from different um, um, office complexes, too. Um, when you're volunteering, we welcome you to come and go to Mass with us. Um, and I, I would I would extend an invitation to anybody that would like to come. So you go into the chapel every single day? There's uh, a perpetual well, adoration? I mean, well, it's not, in the, it's not at night. Um, it's, it starts from eight to five, but um, I'm, I we all take our time. Whoever oh. you sign up and you do it, and it's full. So, so prayer is a sounds like a very important piece of the ministry of Catholic Charities. It is. It is. Even during the pandemic, we would get on and pray. We also have beautiful bells that sound yeah. on the half hour and half a half hour and hour and remind us to pray. So definitely, it's it's a central part of what we, of what we do. It's sort of the lifeblood. Mm-hmm. Do p- 
people, some of the clients who come in, if 80%, 85% are not Catholic, do they come in and say, why do you guys ring bells all the time? And what's the deal with your chapel? Well, you know, sometimes they do, but it's been oh. interesting. We had one client come in and say that she wanted to let us know she came back to the church because oh. she heard the bells. Wow. I always like telling that story, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But no, people don't ask us too much about our faith. They take our work as, you know, we're Catholic and this is what we mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. So That's pretty awesome. You also don't have to be Catholic to volunteer. I think yeah. I think it's important I mention mm-hmm. that as well. Mm-hmm. Well, well, okay, Kristen, this has just been great. This so has been fantastic. We have one question that we ask all our guests, which is if you could invite everyone in the world to pray for something, one thing, what would that be? I gave a lot of thought to this, um, sort of looked at the intentions of the Pope, and mine is the family. I think a lot of things start with the family, and we have a huge responsibility to our children, and... Um, I think we should pray for for the family. Well, even hearing what an impact your own family had on how you live out your service and prayer and yeah, for the family. Well, I love that. God bless the family. We give that to God. Yeah. So, would you lead us in a prayer? I will. A glory be and anything yes. else? Okay. All right. Let's start with the glory be, and then I'll end with St. Patrick's prayer. Excellent. Okay. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it Excellent. was in the beginning, beginning is, is now, and never, never shall be, world, world without end. end. Amen. amen. Okay. St. Patrick's Prayer. Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me. Christ to comfort me and restore me. Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in the hearts of all that love me, Christ in the mouth of friend and stranger. Amen. 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 Father, Son, thank you so Amen. much. Kristen, Kristen, thank you. This and thank you for best of luck me. with this, this particular annual appeal and all the future ones. Thank you. Thank to you. To Go Catholic Charities. Thank you so yes. much. Thank you, Sharon. Glory B is a production of the Office of Communications at the Church of St. Mary in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm your producer, Mike Malcolm. See you next time.